Hey, Brycey Boo, it's your girl Tasha from Kageon and Second Chances. Just wishing you happy holidays and happy new year. I can't wait to kick it with you after the pandemic is over. Keep doing your thing on the It's a, It's a, It's a Purple Pants podcast. It's the Purple Pants, It's the Purple Pants, It's the Purple Pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants She's trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. She's trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. What's poppin', everybody? And whoa, 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 welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah. And what it do? Oh, what it up? How is everyone doing? I hope that everyone is staying safe. You know, it ain't, it's a dangerous time out here. So I really hope that everyone is wearing their mask. I hope that, you know, we're staying safe in this pandemic as the cases rise. But we ain't going to let that damper our spirit. In fact, I'm going to let it wet my whistle. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Mm. Mm -mm. (sighs) Now, baby, I'm wetting my whistle this week to some crown apple and some apple juice. Shout out to my boo. Miss Brooke Cam High, who sent your baby boy a surprise package. I was minding my business this week, and I heard a little knock at the door. And I opened the door, and, you know, the UPS driver had, like, three packages, and one of them was Brooke. Now, I'm also going to tell y'all another little quick story. So, along with the packages that Brooke sent me, thanks, Brookie Poo, there was another package for myself and another package that was the reverse of my address. So let's say my address is 1213. This address was 1312. And I ain't even gonna lie, Purple Pants Posse, uh, maybe like four seconds, I was like, ooh, wait, let me open this and see what this is. This is a holiday surprise. You know, I was trying, you know, listen, anything that come, I'ma take. But literally, as I was, like, getting through the door, one of my friends, Sarah, called me. And she was like, what you doing? I was like, oh, my God, Brooke just sent me a package, and I got this other package. I'm about to open it. And my friend Sarah was like, don't do that. You wouldn't want anybody to do that to you. And I'm like, well, I'm going to just open it and see if it's something I want. And my friend Sarah was like, no. And so I quickly snapped out of it because I realized, now y'all know, I'm on a roll to a better price. It's a long roll. It's a windy roll. It's a steep roll. And so I did have to reflect and I was thinking like, "Mm, you know what? She's right. So I literally like walked up the street, knocked on the door. This lady opened up and I was like, "Um, I think your package got sent to my house. And, you know, she's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. This is my Christmas present to my daughter. And I have to send this away this week to make sure that I get it in time for Christmas. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just it just renewed my heart that I just I did something nice, although you know, Spicy Brycey was like, take it open and see what it is. So I just want to say, do unto others as you would like to do. Shout out to my girl Sarah for ensuring that Spicy Brycey did not have his way. But if this is your first time listening to the Purple Pants Podcast, whoa, 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 welcome, Purple Pants Posse. Welcome back. If you could make sure you subscribe to my podcast, okay? I'm available on Apple Podcasts. I'm available on Spotify. I'm available wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. 
Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you write your baby boy a review. Give me some five stars. And don't be scared to share this on your social media. You want to tweet about it? Okay, I'll retweet it. You want to post it on your Instagram story? I'll repost it. You want to post it on your Facebook? I'll do that too. So make sure you show your baby boy some love. I appreciate your support. But let's not stop it. Let's keep it going. So how has everyone been doing? I really hope well. I hope that, you know, during this time, it could be a little, it could be a little dicey. And I'm not even going to lie, Purple Pants Posse, I haven't been, like, keeping it all the way real with y'all. So, but I also feel like I don't want to, like, damper anybody's spirit. But the last couple of weeks, I have been, I won't say struggling, but just my mood. Like, you know, I wake up and I try to, like, set an agenda for myself and I'll write things down. And, you know, I'll be, like, so excited midday where the energy at is gone. And, you know, I don't want to do any of what I've set to do. And I really just like to lay in bed and just be, you know, somber. And I, I recognize that that probably is my, you know, seasonal depression that I've self-diagnosed and suffer from. And, you know, with this quarantine and with working from home and with really in this routine of just being by myself, I find it really, really hard to get up out of it. And I'm not like, I, I, you know, I'm not like struggling. I can pull myself out of it. But some days are, are harder than others. And sometimes I forget that, you know, I don't, I'd be like, why am I so sad? Why do I feel so lonely? One of the things that really helps get me out of this funk that I'm in is my amazing friends. Now, normally, if I'm having a good day, when I get up in the morning, I FaceTime. I FaceTime like eight people. I FaceTime my friend Sarah, FaceTime Dara, FaceTime Wendell, FaceTime my mom, FaceTime my sister. And I'm like, what's up? What y'all doing? All right. You know, I FaceTime Joey. Now, Joey, me and him be on the phone for like 20 minutes. Joey's one of those type of people that we don't even have to be saying nothing. I'll call Joey. He'd be like, I just got up. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm getting ready from work. He like, all right. And then he'll just sit the phone. And I'll be on the phone with Joey for like 20 minutes. And I forget that I'm even on the phone with him. But they are my lifeline during this pandemic. And the days that I'm not feeling that great, if I don't call my friend circle, they are blowing me up. Like, what you doing, bitch? What's up? So I'm really grateful for that. And it's just important, y'all, that we secure this wig. And what I mean by that is 2020 has been a rough year, okay? And we going into 2021. And as we're going into 2021, I need to make sure that we are securing our wigs down, okay? We don't want to get on a roller coaster and our wig is not secure and the wig come off. We don't want to be in the drop-top car feeling ourselves and we didn't secure the wig down and we driving and the wig fly off okay we don't want to be doing no tiktok videos pop locking and drop it i'm a savage doing christmas holidays and we didn't secure the wig and the wig is coming off we don't want to go into 2021 without securing our wigs okay so if that is reaching out to your friends that you feel like are your strong friends and that always reach out to you, reach out to them. If that is making amends with family members, coworkers that you wouldn't normally do, secure the wig and make up with them. Just really get yourself right. Okay, so I'm encouraging my purple pants posse this week to make sure you are securing your wigs, okay? Get the wig glue, get the lights right, make sure she is sitting down. 
Because as we enter 2021, baby, we getting up out of 2020 and we are running, okay? And when we is running into 2021, we don't want the wigs to fly off. We need to make sure we secure the wigs, period, poo. I'm really excited for this week's episode. So let me give y'all the rundown. But wait, let me wet the whistle before I give y'all the rundown and let me secure this wig. Okay, hold on. Mm. Shout out to Brooke Cam High for this Crown Royal. So on this week's episode, we've got our church announcements. I'm excited to have Lauren Ashley back back for Life After Lockup review. You know I got my boo-boo, Brooke Cam High, for The Amazing Race. I'm sad we're coming to an end of a season. So we, you know, we really got to cherish these last couple of recaps. And it's been a while. So we got our Purple Pants Premonitions. Gangsta Gurry is in the building. Miss Barb blesses us with Barb's message. And I have a really good freak of the week, baby. So pour your glasses up, get your wig glue, and secure the wig. Let's get into these church announcements. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. It's a church announcement, so now, welcome to church. So this week on the church announcements, I have two announcements, one kind of quick, the other one might be a little lengthy, but not really lengthy. So the first church announcement is I want to wish all of my listeners and friends that celebrate Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. I believe it is when this podcast comes out will be the sixth night of Hanukkah. So I truly hope that you are cherishing this times with your family, loved ones, and friends. And, you know, for me and everyone here at the Purple Pants Podcast, I just want to wish you a happy Hanukkah. And the second church announcement, one day last week I woke up and I just was really, really grateful because I this was a rough week for me. And I was extremely grateful for my friends, my family, my mom. Just, you know, being able to pay my bills. And I just, you know, was like, let me write a tweet. And the tweet was really about my takeaways from 2020. So I wanted to share them on the podcast because I feel like, you know, somebody might need it. Somebody might, you know, could use it. So my just quick quick takeaway, if I could talk from sipping this crown apple. But my takeaway for 2020 was really be nice to people. No qualifications needed. Just be nice to people. Another one was celebrate other people's accomplishments. It's no doubt it took a lot to get there and be the voice of celebration to someone, even if it's a random person. Celebrate somebody. Listen, don't think about what you're going to say next. Just listen. Offer a hand. People are struggling more now than any times in the recent that I can remember. So be the hand that helps. Self-care. Take time to take care of yourself. It's okay not to feel great, which is why I'm always open with you guys when I'm not feeling great. So, you know, it's a part of life. Know when it's time to make time for yourself. We're giving a whole bunch of things to other people in other places and know when to put the energy into yourself. Appreciation, okay? In a world where we're always looking for the next best thing appreciate what you have some of the best things in life aren't even things let that sink in and the last one that i have is empathy 
you don't have to agree with everyone. Okay. Trust me, after a year like this. But with the constant sound bites pushing one way or another, make an effort to understand someone else. It costs you nothing. And that's my quick little takeaway from 2020. Now let's get into this week's men, you, oh, the men, you, where the meat and potatoes, oh, come on, men, you, oh, 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 oh. It's a men who, it's a men you, meat and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a men who, it's a men you, meat and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. And we are back, back again, as promised, like I told y'all, love after lockup, back with my girl from Survivor Islands of the Idols, and uh, the TikTok star, if you don't know, is the Laura Ashley back with <laughs> Poppin'. <laughs> hey, hey, Bryce, happy to be here and happy to talk some love after lockup. Child, I was needing you these last two weeks because I have been screaming at this TV uh, with this love after lockup. This, in my opinion, could possibly be one of their better seasons. I would have to agree. I don't know what's in the water. I don't know if it's because we're stuck inside. We're all together. But these people are giving us a show. And I'm living for it. I love it. Yes. And to the listeners that don't know what love after lockup is, first of all, where y'all been? But... (laughs) We TV every Friday night at 9 p.m. So the original show is Life is Love After Lockup. And that is when people have pen pals and then they get out and they like follow their relationships. Now, only for the more interesting characters, then they get to make it to the other show called Love or Life After Lockup. Life and After lo- Lockup. Life. What it's like, how it, how they dealing with it, how it's going to go. And so me and Lauren Ashley Beck is covering this season. Okay. Even though it's say season three, even though it's really season eight. But listen, <laughs> we ain't going to get into all of that with WeTV. WeTV could do what they want. Now. Yes. Let's just jump right into it because we got a lot of people to cover. It's been two weeks. We want to fill your cup with this tea. Now, the first couple we need to talk about is Chevelle and Quay. Now, listen. So, we know Chevelle found these messages on Facebook. She confronted Quay. Quay denied it. She kicked him out. We don't know whether or not. Then Lauren and I were talking about. does Chevelle live in a com a, uh, apartment complex or a house? Because when they had them Sunday dinners, it, they say it's her house. But when she quit, quit, quit when she quit, I can't even talk. When she when she quit, quit, quit quailing. Okay, when she quailing out. I love it. It was definitely an apartment complex, and Quailin went back to Houston to be with his family. Now this. First of all, Quaylin look good. I don't care what y'all say. Okay, listen. What is what is it with you and Quaylin? I can't. The gold teeth. It's the gold teeth. Listen, this Why? episode, he was, you know, kind of doing it for me. However, this Ooh. episode was really so real for me because it really reminded me of a conversation that, like, my mom had with my brother when he came home from jail after 10 years. Like, she literally sat us down and was like, you know, it's so good to have all of my kids here. And, you know, Quay, they was like, well, why are you here? Like, you know, something don't seem right. Quay, big sister, was really, like, on it, okay? Right. And she was like, where's Chevelle at? Yeah, and I was like, ooh. I don't know. I feel, and- I feel like it's big sister. I feel like I understand the concern, but I, I just feel like they might be meddling a little bit too much. 
a little bit too much, but I was kind of sort of on Quay's mom's side because it, it, it seemed like Quay's mom was like, oh, you was cheating. Oh, right. you was cheating. Right. And it's this episode, Quay did reveal that allegedly he was talking to somebody as an outlet. Well, first of all, what you need an outlet for? You got Chevelle. She do everything for you. So what do you need an outlet for? I honestly just feel like he's gotten used to you know, being in prison for 12 years, however long he was in there. And, you know, it's easy for him to have a companion. Now, the companion, he's never actually met her. The question is, do we think that Quay actually cheated? What he cheated because, the girl, the text message... cheating. In no, my girl. opinion, in my opinion, if you're a prisoner, okay, him and Chevelle's relationship really was built off of letters and, and them communicating. So, in my opinion... Whether he did something physically or not, he's emotionally cheating as well with Shy Town. Right. Text, text, calls, whatever you do, and all that. Right. Why do you need an outlet? Chevelle should be your outlet. She is everything for you. She's your backbone. She got you a car. She set you up. She got you a house or an right. apartment, whatever. And that's how you're gonna do her. No, that's not mm-hmm. right. That's not right. And Chevelle, the text message that Chevelle showed us, the girl said, "I can't wait to feel your." <clears throat> again so girl mm-hmm. he cheated and right. this is what I've always said no shade to Chevelle I think that she is an, like an amazing young woman but when you look at somebody like Quay Quay look alright okay and that's just I point just, the I, blank you know what? and the period this is gonna have to be a debate and we might have to ask your viewers does Quay do it for you cause I I just mm, I'm like mm. you, know what it is? you know what it is Bryce? he looks like he's being swallowed by his his hair <laughs> Listen, I, I know something else that could swallow one, but Ooh. listen. Uh, so, it, it, it's like, and Chevelle drove up there every week. She was driving up there every mm. week, writing letters two times. Like, it, I, she, this is my issue, is that when you get girls that look like Chevelle, and Chevelle is, you know, the beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Yes. But yes, I also feel like when you look at Quay and you look at Chevelle, in my opinion, I feel like Quay could probably date higher up in the looks department. Do That's you just really me. Think that? I, I do. do. You really think I, that? I do. I, I feel that, listen, I don't think that, you know, obviously all things aren't based off looks. You know, you have to have that initial attraction. Well, right. But I feel, I don't know, I feel that Chevelle is very well put together. I mean, she, she, she always has her, she always has her hair done. You know, she's always she, her, Party and, store wigs. Oh, them, don't them do synthetic her. wigs don't do it for me. I'm don't sorry. Do, I'm well, just like, I mean, we in a pandemic. Maybe she couldn't afford the thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm just saying. And it, it's like, this is my issue with girls that like date these people in prison. And even for myself, even though I don't date people, even though I, I have a friend. And if like he were to get out, I would be crazy to think that, especially within the first like six months to a year, that. I'm going to be your only person. Oh, I would and absolutely, I absolutely think that Chevelle is being naive to the fact that Quaylen was 17 years old when he went into prison and he is going, right. to, he has needs as a man. He was 17. He doesn't even know what his ass from his elbow, you know what I mean? He needs right. to experience life and I think, but it's also unfair to her because she feels like she's put her life on hold for this man and yes, maybe she did that by choice but that's the choice that they both made and I feel like these guys in prison, I mean, even her play brother told her, like, these guys in prison, they feed you a pipe dream, they tell you everything yes. they want to tell you, and then when they get out, that's it. It's a wrap. Like, they don't want anything to do with it. But I do believe that Quaylen loves Chevelle. I just yes, think he I, needs to live his life right he now. He needs to live his life. I absolutely agree to that. And again, like I said last episode, it's 
what does that say about Chevelle that she's dating somebody in jail? Like, you know what I mean? Like, girl, it's plenty of, of, of people out here. But the bigger issue here was that when his family was coming at Quay for possibly cheating, um, you know, Quay was saying that, well, I love her and that she was the only person that was there for me. And that struck a chord with Chevelle's well, sister. Well, but why and did it struck a chord? Because it was true. It was true. But see, the, the funny thing about this, I'm about to spill some family tea. I hope Barbara don't listen to this episode. But my older brother, when he got out of jail and he was in jail for 10 years, he like wanted a family so bad. And so the, 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 the couple of like the four or five girls that he dated. And I mean, first of all, what I was trying to figure out was how the hell my brother been in jail for 10 years. He come home and he got like 12 relationships <laughs> and I've been on the outside and I'm just trying to get somebody to text me back because We'll I don't know. It might be but, popping in jail. That's how how it might go. <laughs> listen, and so the there was a conversation where my brother was like just literally like trying to find any girl and like mind you, he probably was engaged like four times oh, as wow. soon as he got out. And we were like, ooh, one of these like we're like, I don't ooh, child, wow. he would bring some of these girls home for Thanksgiving and we'd be like, ooh. And the issue that my mom always had with my brother was that it, she felt as though he was putting these women in front of us or more importantly my mom and my mom will always be like well we and me and my mom consistently wrote my brother me and my mom consistently went to see my brother so my mom she always felt some type of resentment towards uh my brother because like you're just putting these women before us but see, and so but I, see that's within your right because you were there for him you wrote right. him letters you showed him support you showed him love and i'm not saying that they because you know i don't know the ins and outs but it was very clear to me that at least quaylen's sister was not writing him did not go to visit him so how is she going to and that's also the other thing i don't understand why are they so bitter on Chevelle after everything they did or she did for their brother? I feel like there should be like just a mutual level of respect. Like, I don't know what Quaylen is telling them about Chevelle, but it's like they're so salty on her. And I don't know if that's because they're just mad that Quaylen is staying where Chevelle right. is and not like what, what? I don't get it. Like, why are you so mad? She helped your brother during his darkest times. You should be. At least thanking her Grateful, and not talking right. bad about her. I don't get... She just seems... I understand not wanting to have Quaylen in the same city where his crimes took place. I get that. You want your child and your brother to be safe. However, I just feel like there needs to be a little more gratitude shown towards Chevelle. I feel like Chevelle is getting the you-know-what end of the stick, really, after everything she did for him. I'm mad. I I'm mad. I, I agree. I agree. And I feel like it's a two-part thing. I feel like the mom, it's that thing with any, like, with mothers and their son. There will be no girl that's ever good enough for right. their son. Right. So I feel like the mom's dynamic's a little different. I feel like the sister feels like, and we see in this episode, ultimately her reaction to her brother saying that is really because she knows that she wasn't there and she feels bad. And so right. her first initial reaction was to pop off. But what I will say about that episode um, or that actual scene was that was the realest scene on this show that I've seen to date. Like that was, I, I was like, ooh, yeah. I'm like, I listen, I could just watch Chevelle and Quay's storyline the whole time. Yeah. But keeping 
it moving to another juicy one. And I have a lot to say about these people, Sarah and Mike. Oh, dear Lord. Dear, what is Michael, uh, Malcolm? So it, it's Mike. Ooh. And as, as mad as I am with Mike. So, okay, backstory. No, I'm, talking, no, Sarah, about, I'm talking about the boyfriend, Malcolm. Oh, oh yeah, Malcolm. Malcolm, first of all, Malcolm is the only real one here. Absolutely. And I feel, ba- I feel bad for Malcolm. So we all know the story of Sarah and Mike. Sarah's what has two children by him. You know, she's engaged. Mike loves to stick his hootie hee ha and some kitty PT. You know, all, all over. Got more girlfriends than I can get Texas back. I... And Mike is a player. And Sarah is in love with him. And that's point blank period. Yep. Sarah wants to be with him. Yep. And that's I, just now the end I of see it. it. Now I see yes. it. At first, at first, I was like, no. After watching this episode and seeing uh, them do the play date where Malcolm is sitting on the bed and Mike is there, what are you doing? And the way she, well, Michael's not going anywhere. Why are you sticking up for this man so much? Yes, he's right. the father of your child. Respect him as such. But why are you sticking up for him to your man? If I were, Malcolm said, she's going to have to let this Michael thing go or else I'm going to have to go. No, I, I can my- see it in her eyes. What is it? What Do you find him attractive? I mean... Oh, my word. I mean... What? What? Okay, wait. Michael or Malcolm? Oh, probably Michael. Are you out of your mind? I I just... Listen. Is it the swag? I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. But I probably, you know, I want to give, you know, Mike a little test drive, see what he work with. But um, no, here is. So, again, what I love about Sarah and Michael's storyline is that, you know, my social worker just kicks in. I've seen so many relationships and I've dealt with so many parents like this that it's just crazy. And Mike does not want Sarah like he wants Sarah for what she can do for him and the fact that she's the mother of his kids however he is like one of these men that wants to keep her at at bay but him be allowed to do whatever he wants to do and Sarah just can't see that and Sarah what I don't like about Sarah is although she tries to act like it's all about the kids it's really not it's really about her emotional needs and what she wants and how evident of that for me was that you know she says that they're trying to get this divorce she says that they have to go to mediation first and then here comes they have this court date for custody and Mike is in Rochester New York only for the kids and this court date and the court date comes and he doesn't go and he doesn't even go and one why are you waiting outside for him girl I will be sitting up in that courtroom with my legs crossed like how you doing Judge Judy what's going on yep yep I, I don't know she keeps giving him chances and I don't know listen I don't know if, if what, what her relationship is like with her father. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like she is still in love with him and she is trying to give him every single opportunity. For what? He to had, make it, I'm listen, sure. Maya Angelou said, when they show you who they are, believe them. And again, another thing that this goes back to me is like her self-esteem. I yeah. just, I don't understand it. And yeah. it's like, and Michael loves to play this game. Now all of a sudden you want to, you want to be more active in these kids' lives because Malcolm is there. That's exactly and it's why. like set boundaries. He but, can't but, just but, come but to see, my house but see, whenever but see, he wants to. See, that's that's the problem. They're both playing games. That's the problem. Okay, I'm gonna be more present now that Malcolm is here because I'm gonna show him who's really boss, and I'm gonna play daddy instead of really being the daddy that I need to be. And then she's playing games by using the children. I just feel like. 
I don't I do believe that Sarah does want the best for her kids. She is an amazing mom. I do think that she still is in love with Michael and I think that that is what's getting in the way of them being able to parent in a healthy way. But at the end of the day like you said, does she want a divorce? No. Like no. Michael said last night, she keeps raising cause for alarm and then dropping it. Raising cause for alarm and then dropping it. Raising It's almost like they both like the toxicity the toxicity of their relationship. They like Absolutely. to have this drama going on and I just I don't know why. I don't know how old were they when they started dating? Maybe that's why. Maybe it's like well, this she, immaturity type of thing. Sarah's 26 and I think Michael is younger than her. So I mean, they're still very young and they I get are it, young. but it's just like they, I, just feel, I don't. I just feel. I just. I mean, you could see, and I mean, you even see it with the kids. Like they, they all ultimately want that family unit. So maybe what Sarah needs to do is kick Malcolm to the curb, be honest with herself about how she feels about Michael. Girl, that's your. That's the father of your children. But Listen, that's the, the problem. The day, but but at the that's end of the, the day, problem, she wants girl, though, who she wants. She can't though. He don't want her. You can't be right. in a relationship with somebody that don't want you. Right. Who, like who do I have to? Oh, oh child, what? Hold on. See, I'm thinking about her and, the, and them. Uh, no, right. Shirts. Like no. Yeah. It's like yeah. the issue is. It's like yes, we know you want to be with Michael, but right. here's the thing, Sarah. You gotta love yourself and you gotta love them babies enough. I feel like I'm talking because literally this is how I talk to like my clients. You got like if you say you love them kids, then you need to put them kids first and allowing Michael to have. Access whenever he wants to and then disappear that's traumatic for them kids you need to set boundaries whether or not he's in new like new york just to see the kids no you cannot just come by my house anytime you want but we're going to put you on Mm-mm. i think you know what bryce i think i and i agree with you i just think i i don't get it twisted i think she loves them i just think that they've gotten into this very unhealthy cycle of what they're doing and it's funny because last night when mike malcolm was sitting on the bed and she she was like oh michael come here I have a gift for you. She looked at him in a way, and I was like, oh, she is eating this up right now. She is mm-hmm. loving, like, the family unit. And I think that's why. See, because Sarah, there, there's two sides of it. I feel like Sarah doesn't want to be like, oh, well, if Michael calls the one time he calls this year and he wants to come over, I should let him because who knows the next time he's going to call no. and my kids are suffering. You don't think no. that? I think I think that she... Okay, there was one scene, and I, I forget, well, they, they, they got the seasons all jumbled up, but she said that it's sad that she's having to play both mommy and daddy. I don't know yes. if you remember that. I, I, just, I just think that she doesn't know how to move forward in a healthy way and that and she needs guidance. I agree. I agree. And I'm so curious to know what her background is because she always talks about her mother, but we've never seen her father. Right. She needs to set clearer guidelines. And and, uh, another thing is, why do you have this man? And don't get me wrong. I think Malcolm is very appropriate. He's. Oh, yeah. He's great. Why you have him around your kids already? Like, I, I just, I don't understand yeah, it. It's it, just... it, 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 it is interesting. And I don't know, listen, when, when Malcolm came on the scene, it was just like, boom, Malcolm's here. I don't know how long they've been together. I need to like go right. stalk her Instagram. Like Malcolm, it, I just feel like just popped up. So I don't know how long, you know, it, it, that transition. It can't be crazy. long because they, they film in real time. Shout well, out to my girl, Lacey, who gives me the tea. They film in real time. So, so it's but, like, and it's weird. Like, why are you guys all cuddled up on the bed? Like, what is going on right here? What? is happening but answer this real question who the hell car was mike driving and who paying for that hotel okay that's what i want to know wait a minute 
where was he driving to? It, I was like, is he going to be all right? I thought he was going to crash. Did you see that? He was, I he did. was like I'm driving. Like, I'm like, what is going? I don't know whose car. Production got him that for sure. I, I was about to say this. Production giving him his car? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, where are he getting this money from? Or is mm-hmm. these girls with the cash app? But listen, I'm going to digress on them mm-hmm. because I don't have time. And mind you, let's go on to our next couple that, first of all, I am pissed about. Okay, y'all know I love me some Amber and Vince because, you know, Vince crazy ass. But now they Amber then dropped Vince. Okay, so if it's no Amber and Vince, y'all need to drop Amber too. Right. I'm good Where on, is, right. Where does she come I'm good. from? I'm good on Amber's story. And because so, but anyway, Amber was in jail for uh, distribute. Di- I'm about to say distribution. Um, <laughs> and if, if that's a word, it's a word we'll today. We'll take it. What, distribution. She went to jail with her mother, okay? And, you know, then she found love in jail with this girl. She calls her wifey name uh, Puffy. Now, Puffy or Puppy? It Puppy. Puppy. Puppy or Puffy. Now, when they was in jail, they congre- congregated this scheme that, because Vince had money, that Amber was going to get out, marry Vince, provide a house, give him money, give her money so that when her mom and Puffy came out, Amber would be, you know, she would be taken care of. So this is the part that gets me with these women. So that's how you're going into this relationship all deceptive. So then Amber's like, I found out that Vince was like contacting other women. And you had a whole, you you were conning this man. <laughs> okay, and now all wait. of a sudden. Okay, but wait, that wasn't just it. Vince Girl, you're not going to come for Vince. You're not going to come for Vince. Trying to adopt whole adults. Vince was out here trying to adopt thirty-eight-year-old puppy. But they was they with bo- it. They, they was with it. They were both. They was they were with all it. Running a scam. They were. It was all a scam. Vince. Okay, I do feel like because Amber puppy and the mom, they all came up with this thing. That was wrong. But Vince, he also has something going. Vince was kind of, you know, I, when Amber came out, she was like, he's kind of weird. I, I could kind of, you know. Well, get yeah, Amber. He was kind of weird because this is another thing that I don't like about Amber on this show is that and again you are clearly in my opinion you like women so i feel like the whole icky thing with you invents because you don't like men and then what i find so interesting is that so amber is living with puffy's mom and then amber's mom comes out now amber is working at a um a restaurant training to be a manager and you know just living her best life because she, she looks on, good she looks good i can't take that away she, from her she lost i way. will say i, I was amazing. looking at um amber this episode and i was like oh she is cute yeah but child amber dropped the tea on us that she won't be on parole for 20 years yeah. girl yeah yeah so I mean, amber Amber's mom comes home. Now, mind Beautiful. you, Amber's mom... Now, this is no shade, and I don't want nobody to get offended, but Amber's mom, when she came out with that button-up shirt, child, she looked like a mob boss. Uh, okay? Not a mob boss. Yes, I minute. felt like her mom needed to be in Narcos Season 3, okay? She looked like she could be Griselda Blanco's, like, assistant. Well, her she mom, said- like. She said her mom was like the the main dealer yeah, in the area, she, like she was the boss. So that's why she, she came it. buttoned up. That's why she, she I it. think she's a beautiful woman. I was like, oh yes. what is going? What nationality are they? I, that's beautiful. what I was wondering because I was like, they are like, and, and and that's when I actually was like, wow, Amber is really pretty, right? Is she black? Mom, she got some. There's something going. on. I don't on know if she's black. black. I, I wonder. Like they looked like I don't even know. They like looked Native American, maybe na- something like that. 
But after the mom came out of her button-up shirt, I was like, oh, her mom is pretty. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do feel... And mind you, then the mom was asking about Vince, and she and Amber was like, it's just not going to work. And the mom was like, oh, you just couldn't seal the deal. I was like, ooh, child, let me find out. The mom going to try to talk to Vince to get some coin. <laughs> right? She's like, you could have done it. You could have done it. No, I don't think she could have done it. Yeah, I, but, but now, I might have. <laughs> oh, no. But, so, and Amber is living with Puffy's mom, and then we get a phone call from Puffy this episode that basically Puffy about to come home in three days. Yes. But what I thought was more interesting was that, first of all, one thing that I love about Love After Lockup and Life After Lockup Child, they give everybody a confessional. The mom, the brothers, the cousins. And so Puffy's mom had a confessional, and Puffy's mom was is nervous for Puffy to come home because she feels like, Puffy's feelings for Amber are way stronger than Amber's feeling for Puffy. And I'm just like, so (laughs) so Amber don't know what her sexual identity is, but yet she got a man willing to buy her everything when she get out, adopt her girlfriend to jail, got a girlfriend to jail, and again, I can't get nobody to text me back a Merry Christmas or Happy Thanksgiving. What am I doing wrong? I don't understand. We need to go to jail, I guess. I I mean, I don't, people write us. We need to get on that whatever website they got going on. Child, I I might have to, uh, so so basically the storyline, this this the love storyline that we're gonna get is basically Amber and Puppy. That's who we're gonna get. That's what. That's why I feel it. Cause, cause when she popped up on the screen, I was like, oh, is this like a special? Like, what is this? Right. And I'm then, like, why right, is she I here? Maybe it was like a two minute like oh update on Amber and Vince. This is what's happening. So I think that's what's gonna be the love story. Now they did do some foreshadowing because Puppy's mom was like. Oh, um, you know, last time when she got out, she was only out for two weeks. I just hope that doesn't happen. And then Amber was like, you know, me, puppy and my mom all being out together. We could all end up back in jail. I knock on wood. God forbid. Listen, it looked like the mob boss was ready to get back to work. Okay. And she got her two, her two employees ready to go to do her work. Listen. So, you can miss, girl, you could keep me updated on, I don't like Amber, because I feel like Amber (laughs) did Vince wrong, and I just don't like her, okay? So, I mean, I will be curious to see what Puffy give, am I, is it Puppy or Puppy? It's Puppy. You call Uh, her Puppy, I'm like, dang, is she bloated? What's what's the deal? (laughs) I am curious to see what it is like when Puppy comes home, Yes. but I'm good on Amber, child, make me my margarita and keep it moving, girl. Um. The next couple we could chitty chat about is Ange- Andrea and Lamar. Now, this is what I will say about them. First of all, I'm surprised that they made it. Um, and Andrea is crazy, but I like, or I-, I, I really like her. Um, another thing that I think is now, I, now you know, I don't want to talk about nobody kids. No, but but I do find something like I, like off about Andrea, like, Tennessee and her daughter. I don't know. It's just something like... Okay, I, you know, okay, this is the thing. I, I think that socially, they're a little different. Um, and I think that is just chalked up to how they grew up. You know, they grew up as one of the very few black kids in a primarily white area going to a LDS church, you know, FLDS church. Like, they, they're Mormon. And I think that that's... That, 
sort of, you know, Tennyson, the way that he carries himself, you know, he's very proper and, you know, he won't be a thug. Tennessee, what, when he had that pick in his hair this episode, yeah, I he's said, ready. Child. Well, he's, you know, I think, see, and this is the, you know, I dated a Mormon when I was um, growing up, and this is the thing. They're oh. very, very, very strict with their children. They can't drink caffeine. They have to cross their arms when they pray. It's like they have to have family day. They can't watch certain things. They're very, very disciplined, and I think the Tennyson living in L.A., matter of fact, Maybe I should holler at Tennyson and the, and the other little girl and be like, Andrea, let me take the kids out and show them a good time. Because I think what she's trying to do, she's sheltering them. And Tennyson is screaming for freedom. He just wants some freedom. And she doesn't want to give it. What's going to end up happening is he is going to end up going the wrong way. And she needs to stop that now before he ends up doing that. For real. Right. Because he's done with and her. Now, here's what I will say. I do like the fact of Tennyson and Lamar's relationship. I do feel like in Lamar's own way, he tries to... I like the fact that there's a lot of things I like about Lamar. Now, mind you, ask me if I will... I'm a pastor. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, we got yes on Vince, yes on Michael, yes on Quaylen. It's it's a possible... It's a possible on Vince, okay? Depending on on how many box wines I had that night. Um... But it's going to be a definite no for Lamar. Um, I don't know why. I just feel like Lamar breath be stinking. That's Ooh. just like, that's just what he gives me. But anyway, wow. what I do like about Lamar, what I do find surprising is that I feel like Lamar is very family oriented. Absolutely. Although as crazy as Andrea is, he really does like that family unit. Absolutely. Um, and I really like the fact that in his own little, like, I, like, a hood way yep. he tries to be a support and a voice for Tennyson now what I don't agree with Lamar is is that Lamar has a like 30 year old daughter and he took Priscilla to see her yep. now Andrea Andrea she might be Mormon she might be prayed up she crazy though yeah and she don't she, play. Go, she she flies off the hinges yeah she does not and play. so I am just worried for when she finds out that he took Priscilla to see her and you know- like I just and go ahead. I'm just saying, like, and the fact that you're actually like teaching your daughter to lie. I don't so, like that. Okay, That's this the, is the like, thing. Okay, so Lamar actually reminds me. So he looks like my dad, talks like my dad, walks like my dad. My dad is from LA. He acts just like him. And I have siblings that are around Priscilla's age. So I think that Lamar, like you said, is very family oriented, and I feel that Lamar feels guilt about missing out on Shantae's life. That is why he is trying to mend that gap or bridge that gap and bring Priscilla and be like, listen, this is your little sister, blah, blah, blah. I want you you to know her. I want to be more in your life. I don't think that Lamar realized the gravity of what he was doing by telling Priscilla or Priscilla, the little baby, to lie. He was just, he didn't want, he knew that reaction that his wife was going to give. Okay, we saw how she acted when she found the gold condom in the, in the, in the jacket. <laughs> that, so, was, that was his brother's. Right. He didn't and child, you, you and your brother bed. sharing that dirty old ugly right. hoodie. I don't Boy, know. please. No, right. So I think that he was more afraid of the reaction. And because Lamar has been in jail and has not been able to parent Shantae or Priscilla, he didn't know how to navigate that situation properly. I think Tennyson, and I, what's the other little girl? girl's name Myla I forget her name I forget her name 
but the, they're so well spoken and they can, they, they have the words to say that's not okay and it's not okay especially at that age because that's when you know you can't be telling your kids not to tell their parents things because that's when weird things happen especially in today's day and age you have to be careful and I don't I just don't think Lamar was not trying to be malicious. He just didn't want to see his wife go crazy. Right. I agree with that. And so, and this is the part, this is the aspect of Andrea or Andrea that I don't like is that we seen in season child, whatever, one, two, three, four, five, when Lamar reconnected with his daughter and he wanted, and this is what I liked about Lamar, he wanted Andrea to come. And Andrea did not want to come and she left because, and this is why I believe, child, but I know all. Did you see what his baby mom looked like? No. She it like she's gorgeous. Like I'm not gorgeous. surprised because Shantae is. So I would have to see. I would have to see. Shantae's she's gorgeous. Oh, yes, and I, I really, did. Yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, she's yes. gorgeous. You're and right. Andrea couldn't take. Andrea could not take, and she got jealous. And so I. This is another issue that I feel like with self esteem. It's like now because of your jealousy about Lamar's past, because you don't feel like you could truly trust him. Is really what it is. Now you're blocking your daughter from having extended family. See, okay, now is that what blessing. it is? Is that what it is? Is that the reason? What is the reason that Andrea does not, or Andrea the Mormon, what is the reason I call her by her Instagram handle? Why does she not want Priscilla to have a relationship with Shantae? What happened? Because so Tennyson I, and my, they they alluded to something happening. I don't think that it's anything happening. I just think that she, Andrea is, Andrea doesn't want like Lamar to get closer to his daughter because if he gets closer to his daughter that means he's closer to the mother and that's just a direct like you know that competition Lamar is not, but, but Lamar is not even thinking about all that and says well, like, we she, have to do better that's his child he has missed out on her life she she needs her dad like that to me I don't like that because it's like like I, I don't like feel that some either. type it, of way if my stepmom was blocking me having a relationship with my little sisters and, and it, my dad I would and, be uh uh-uh. uh Truth be told, that happens more often than not. And, you know, and and I always say to women when they date men that have kids and they're not in their life, I'm like, how can you date a man like that? Right. Also, the same goes for me. You men out there, don't be dating no women that's blocking you from being in your kid's life. Right. Is that attractive? That's not attractive. I want to see somebody taking care of their responsibilities. I just think that Andrea has this very cookie cutter idea. The, The man and the wife get married. They have children. And also, I would be interested to know about the other kid's dad and that relationship. Because and I where he at. Like and why so, he ain't in the picture. Right. And she's so holier than thou and is always preaching left and right. But then when somebody else wants to do so, and, and don't get it twisted, Andrea, because you, you know, we want to say Chevelle was talking to a prisoner. Okay, well, so were you. So stop so preaching the gospel at people. And, and I have to point out one moment when she had them. Uh, making the lemonade stand. She's like, will life give you lemon? Make lemonade. And the little kids said, well, what are we supposed to say? Hi, have you ever heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Like, what and the? Then she out, and then she out there lying, talking about my kids make the lemonade. Bitch, we just <laughs> seen you make it. <laughs> and do but, you take donations? Yes, we do. Well, where are the donations going? I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, child, I'm trying to figure out, because I, child, listen, I'm trying to take a mission trip to Cancun. Right. And, ooh, and the mission trip, I, you know, that's a, that's another thing. I don't feel that she should be pushing that on him. I don't If he either, wants to but... go, go. Yeah, I I agree. And another thing that just popped into my mind uh, when we were as hard as we're coming on Lamar for telling Priscilla to lie about being with his mom, like being with his sister. We also have to hold Andrea accountable for lying to her kids, saying that, you know, she didn't know who their daddy was when uh, 
child, you paid the, the prison guards $20 to get hooky bookie in yep. the prison jail. See, and that's the thing. I People that are preaching and preaching and preaching and always saying they're projecting and saying, you do this wrong. You do be the same ones that are paying the prison guards to go get it on in the, in the prison. So don't, don't get it twisted, Andrea. You're not, none of us are perfect. We're all human. And I just think she needs to give, Lamar loves her. She needs to give him a little more space. He's doing so right by those kids. He's trying to do the right thing. Let I'm I'm interested to see how this Shantae thing plays out. So am I. And I, I feel, but see, it, the weird thing about as much as I have to say about Andrea and Lamar, I really do like them and I really do want them to win. Me too. I just feel like Andrea and Chevelle, my, my advice to them is that you are your expectations are fairy tale. You need to set more realistic expectations. And I feel like that's the problem that they have is that they have these fairy tale expectations well, that we all have. Well, yeah, but, but you ha- and you have to remember their whole relationship has been a fantasy. They've been fantasizing about what this is going to be. They built it up in our heads, which I don't know if you're trying to move along, but Lindsay, she had this picture in her head of what Scott was going to do for her. So, but and oh, it- <laughs> Listen and listen. Okay, so let's segue on to Scott and Lindsay. Um, Scott is this uh, alleged like fifty year old millionaire, big business guy. Mm. You know, he met Lindsay online. He moved to Mississippi. Allegedly bought a house. Mm. You know, was buying her daughter all of this stuff. And you know, Lindsay's home now. And you know, he is uh, essentially like spying on Lindsay, invasion of privacy, and hiding a lot of things from Lindsay. Um, And this episode, we see Lindsay, after Scott went to work, she go on his computer, she finds out that he's been, like, screenshotting all of her, like, Instagram photos. She finds that he's been, like, opening her things. Weird. She finds out that he ain't buy the house, he leasing the house. She finds (laughs) out that he's thousands of dollars in debt. Listen. Then she finds, okay. Listen, I, listen, I... At first, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't put my finger on it. Like, what is it? What's going on? Something's no, not right. I knew when she got out of jail and he had that credit card for that Hummer and it declined right in front of us. I yep. said, oh, he don't got no money. Yep. No money. No money at all. And I'm, you know what? I'm proud of her for going and playing detective. At first, I was mad at Scott. I was like, or I was mad at her. I was like, why is she getting mad at him? You know, he should be able to sort of like feel out if he can trust her. At the end of the day, he was projecting because he was doing a bunch of stuff on the side. That's what it was. It was all guilt. Guilt from all of his lies, eating him inside to try to blame her. And I think with Lindsay, at first I was like, "What? Is, why is she so, what is it? I realized she acts like a teenager. Her mannerisms, like she's very dramatic. But the that's way she really, dressed. But that's really, and her makeup, the raccoon eyeliner that I used to oh. rock in eighth grade. Oh, I'm not hating on it because Lindsay is actually a beautiful girl. But I did recognize right. that she... Don't do her. She's uh, cute. She I are. like her hair. Let me, Lindsay, if you're listening, girls, come to LA. Let me do you. Let me let me do your hair. Let me hook you up. She, I think she's cute. So, but I am proud of her for taking the initiative to dig up some dirt on him. He is nasty. Ew. Okay. And now I'm like, what is that on your lip? Yes, you hooking I need up to with know. prostitutes. What is on your lip? What is that? What is that? What is that? So, he, so here is. I agree. I absolutely agree. But this is where I feel that I'm not letting Lindsay off the hook, okay, Miss Raccoon Eyes. So you don't want to, okay, you don't want to let Miss Raccoon, you don't want to let her off the hook completely. But, 
This is what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong. Scott's disgusting. And yeah, but here's the thing, girl. Are you with Scott because you love him? Or are you with Scott because he said that he could provide you all of these things? Which one is it? Because either way, two wrongs don't make a right. You with this man because he could buy you a house? You with this man? Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's like, girl, you're lying to Scott. If you like, if you really want me to believe that you're in love with Scott and how he looks like, no. So I just find like, it's like, I just, I feel like they want sympathy from us when they find out that this pipe dream is not real. But girl, the like, what are you bringing to the table? If he leasing or owning the house, what are you paying? He $10,000 in debt. What are you, are you helping paying the bills? Like, that's my problem with her is that like, you just want to use this man. And now that you found out that like, oh my God, it's not so much what you thought. Now, all of a sudden, like, no, are you like, let me go to Chick-fil-A. Let me go to McDonald's and get a job so I can help. Like, no, girl, you're not paying nobody rent. And you got a whole girlfriend. Like, no. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I do think that Lindsay, she's not off the hook yet. She got a girlfriend. She got Tara Bell on the side, which, what are these names? Miley Grace, <laughs> Tara Bell. What is Lindsay's Puffy. name? Lindsay Michelle? Like, I don't, all these, all these names. But I, I do think that they both have something to hide. I do think that this relationship was going to serve a need for both of them. You know, right. Lindsay wanted her house for Miley Grace and the room and the, the, the sheets and the LED lights. And <laughs> I think that's what she got for her. She she got her the LED lights. And so I think now what's happening is Lindsay, I feel like it was like she thought she was getting one over on him. And now to see that there's a side of Scott that she didn't know. Right. I think she was like, oh, well, wait a minute. Maybe we're, I'm not the only, the only. But even, but here's my thing though. All of this stuff that you're finding out about him is in his past. Right. Before you got out of jail. So right. it's like, really, what could you be expected? And then another thing that kind of ticked me off. Um, and cause you know, I'm a social worker. When Lindsay is telling her mom about this and the mom's like, well, I thought he was a millionaire. And then the mom's like, well, now I'm concerned for your safety, uh, with, uh, you and Miley Grace. Oh, now you concerned for his safety you wasn't concerned for his safety you weren't concerned for Molly Grace's safety when Lindsay was in jail and right. you was having this man meet right. you I like did, girl I, right I did find that I was like wait a minute what, what is going now now we're now we're worried about the safety Scott is not an unsafe individual how old is the phone that's the other question how old is the phone I mean she had to know he was doing something on the side she was in right. jail. they were they've been together for two years he had to get something from somewhere he and wasn't he's my- a man so and, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure where the judgmental part comes from with the mom. And then why she was like, you know, I, I just, I just can't believe this. Like, it was just so astonishing. But maybe Bryce, maybe Scott really has painted this picture of being this millionaire that has a company and cars and boats and this and that, that it is so jarring to find like maybe it is so like you know how you have friends that are so cookie cutter you would be like if you ever heard that they were with a prostitute you would be like what so maybe that's what it is maybe it's just so shocking and so outside of who she knows Scott to be I guess I get that but tell me what bills she tell me what bills you paying Lindsay <laughs> so mi- millionaire or not tell that's me what, what bills saying. you pay and then and then at the end of the day girl why are you mad that the house is leased by who cares you're in the house what do you, i don't get it she's like i thought this house was and maybe i think it's more of the principle of the fact that it's lies that she's uncovering i hope that's what it is but at the end of the day bought leased whatever you have a nice you place still to in stay. it you got the right for miley grace you know what Child, I'm saying? Was, did you own a lease that that jail cell let me right. know Lindsay, because i'm confused <laughs> 
And so, and my issue with Lindsay is, it seems that it's okay. So he could be in some financial trouble, but for me, for I felt the bigger issue for her was not that he deceived her, but was the fact that he didn't have money. And I'm like, see, girl, very telling, girl. You only mm. met, you only with this man with this big top lip mm. for the point. Mm. So it's like, how surprised can we really be? But mm-hmm. let me just go, cause Chad, you you getting me spicy about these people. Now let me now let's get into you know my favorite, Lacey and, and Shane. Shane. First of all, I just love me my Shane. Shane is just, I loved Shane's friend came over, the Billy Bob with the one tooth, and he was like, you want a beer? And Shane's like, you know, after that time, you know, I, I got caught up cheating with Lacey. I don't want to drink no more. I just uh, I just love everything about Shane because Shane is really a child. He's so young. He's and I so feel sweet. Like he is. We get to watch him grow up. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know whether or not if he really can provide for Lacey, um, but they seem to be able to make it work and whether or not if his job is paying or not I know his OnlyFans is paying he need to lower that price a little bit nobody paying twenty nine ninety nine for you Shane Shane you need to make a four ninety nine five ninety nine or something ooh, I, you know I'm it's working saying. out now but Jean is out so you know okay. I is working for now but Jean Jean is on the scene so I, and... I, I'm not convinced and go ahead go ahead no, I was about to say, so we see John gets out. Yes. The last that we saw of John was that Lindsay hadn't heard. Lindsay, child, get her name out my out, mouth. Out. Lacey hadn't heard from him. And I best they had gotten to a fight. And I, I can't remember if I can't really remember what because this has happened like three or four times. But she was, like, looking for him, hadn't heard from him. She was, like, crying. Yep. And then she called the police station. They said they had him in custody. Yep. Now, John gets out. And see, this is the thing. John, he don't look that bad for me. But it's I just, think John the, is cute. Uh, you, It's just the meth tea for me. I can't But Shane? Okay, Shane or John? A girl, Shane. Oh, no. With the uh, beard? Let me oh, pull I on can't. it. Okay, okay. Pull on it while he's talking to you about how he's going to hold a baby. I cannot. Quite we are right. watching we... Shane. We watching Shane grow up. It's cute. However, I feel like Lacey, <laughs> I feel like Lacey was tuning him out. He's like, you know, I want to play catch with him. She's like, oh, I was boy, like, you Chad. have no idea what's coming. That's what she was looking at him like. You have no idea what's about to hit you. Um, I, I yeah no, mm, shame. It, it's a lot. So John gets out, mm-hmm. and John is you know he is happy to be out. He wants to start his life over. But John tells us this story that Lacey called the police on him. I don't think she did it. He, I don't. First of all, you driving drunk. So either way, like yeah. wh- like what do you mean? You're driving high and drunk, John. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. You need to face your uh, addictions. But John does say that Lacey can never be with a man for a long period of time, and that he did say that, and that's why she's always cheating on Shane. Now I love my girl Lacey, but I I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you, I feel- there, there's nowhere way to know. But what history has shown us is that Lacey has had a history of being with John and then she was with Shane and then she was with John. Now she's back with Shane. So I think that pattern is what causes raise for alarm. Now, I think she's pregnant. You know, her and Shane are bringing a baby into the world. And I do believe after seeing them sort of mend fences that she does want to make her marriage work. But the temptation of John wasn't there because he was in jail. And so now John is out. And John, see, the main thing, I think the main reason, and I know Lacey's your good sis, but the main reason that her and John aren't together is because of his substance abuse. It's drugs. 
we'll see. So, but then, but that doesn't mean you don't love somebody. Right. So, and, and I believe she still loves him. I agree. And I believe that the second that Shane makes her mad or they yep. get into a fight yep. and John pops up, yep. she going to be popping back up on John. So that's the one thing. And for me, that's when I get mad at Lacey because yep. I'm like, stop doing Shane like this. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And how are they? See, this is where tornadoes start to happen because then it's like there's so many emotions and feelings involved. And John, you know, I don't think he was he he looks broken to me. He looks so hurt. He's John looks devastated. like he loves Lacey too. He yep. loves Lacey he just as much yep. as Lacey loves him. Yep. And because John hates Shane so much, he's going to forever try to get at Lacey See, and, and this forever is not try to. This is not healthy or safe for any right. of them. No. And mind you, he knows Lacey. So he knows she's going to get mad at a point in time. Yep. So if he continues just to text and say, hey, or yep. if he keeps that line of communication open. Up. Yep. One slip up. One. Just one. Well, just one. Just one. Shane doesn't do. Shane don't want to wake up and take care of the baby. Ooh, John. Ooh, right, right. there. Because you know John is going to be in her text messages. You know he was sitting there talking about his his friend told him, she's not good for you, bro. She's not good. For, and he just kept, because he loves her. That's the only thing keeping them apart is his substance abuse issues. That is not enough for her to stay away from him. I hope this child, I want the best for them. I hope this child, they move forward. You know, I am really proud of Shane and how he's, integrated himself back into the real world you know he's working he's providing he's don't don't get a twist he's parenting these three children of Lacey. yes they I call him dad right at 22 i think he's doing an amazing job so i would feel bad for them if they didn't last but you know i just feel like it's just there's something about it's kind of like the same thing with sarah and mike it's like that old school love that that thing that you can never let go and i do believe that Lacey will and end up with John I do I do I don't know if she'll end up with John I do believe she'll have multiple slip ups with him now wait is John the father of any of those no no he's not the father of any of the kids she thought he was the father of the youngest but he's not and that's another thing and then we know that the the father of the two kids he's like it locked up so and first of all this is also what I want to know where Lacey Dad at this season, okay? Because I love Lacey Dad Me John. Too. Where John at, yes. okay? Yes, he was in it, laying down the law, asking Shane what he was going to do, telling that John wasn't good. See, Get, we need Getting him. ready to fight John. Yeah, we need Get, him John back. was getting ready to fight John. I'm here for it. Yeah, so. we need him back. I'm just excited because this season just gets me so excited to watch. I'll be screaming at my TV, but more excited that I get to talk with you. Boo boo. So listen, we didn't wrap this up. Let us know what you think. Tweet us, DM us, TikTok us, uh, write a message on the Facebook. Let us know. But before we go, Lauren Ashley Beck, let the people know where they can find the TikTok story. (laughs) You are so silly. You guys can find me at Lauren Ashley Beck on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, on brand. And thank you so much for letting me come on, Bryce. I love talking love after lockup with your life. So do I. After lockup. <laughs> life after lockup. Love after lockup. Season whatever. But girl, I love to keep chatting with you. But I got to go put these raccoon eyes on. So I got to go. <laughs> and we are back. Back again with my boo bear. My bookie. My booty boop boop boop. My Ooh. Brooke Cam High, a.k.a. Brookie Pooh, welcome back. We is covering the latest episode of The Amazing Race. And I guess it's safe to say, child, I'm going to have to hold on. Wait, where is it at? Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to have to. I would like my quarter in small unmarked pennies, please. Child, listen, I'm going to Venmo you a penny (laughs) a month. 
Okay, Sweet. I'm on a 25 month payment plan. Oh my God, you were so right. But oof, baby, I I thought this was. I mean, it, it, it's a lot to cover because we got a, a lot to get through. Um, because I thought that this episode was so fun. But baby, how does it feel? Baby, mm. not good. Feels like you a sore loser. It does. It feels like that real hard. It feels like you were cool with an alliance when you were in the alliance. And then it feels like when you weren't in the alliance, alliances are bad and you cranky. I'm, mm, mm, mm. Mm. I'm ooh, but they are in Manila. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I've been, I know I've seen that before. Uh, yes, Isn't that because... so fun when they're in a place that you've been to that actual place and you go, oh my God, yes. I've been to that actual square or wherever it was uh we definitely so i you know for my survivor experience uh we all flew into manila together and then we drove um in a van with no windows to (laughs) our uh to the destination and then you know when baby boy got out early and we went on our pre-merge trip we uh myself garrett um, Jatia, Alexis, and uh, Uncle Cliff, rest his soul, mm-hmm. we went back to Manila, and we were in Manila for, I think, three days. And so uh, we really did a lot of exploring. So it was so funny because traffic in Manila is a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I was like, yes, I've seen, seen that before. So That's I was so excited things. to watch yeah. this episode. Yes. Uh, and before I before I let you go, no, I, um, I, I felt like this was a very Brooke episode. I felt like, to me... This is what, and again, I've only seen like two other seasons, like the the original season and your season, Mm. but I felt like this was a very like amazing race-esque episode. Like I felt like this was like the meat and potatoes of what an amazing race, in my opinion, episode is because it's like you're just running around. Like, I don't know. I just really enjoyed watching this episode. Okay. So I took these notes when I was watching it and I... I didn't, I didn't like it when I was watching it. And then <laughs> the more I've thought about it over the past few days, I started thinking, okay, wait, maybe I liked it more than I thought I did. So I think my notes are going to be angrier than I actually am. But I started writing, I was like, let's talk about the detour. Can't do that. No detours. Like, let's talk about the roadblock. It was, nope, no roadblock. So, so it seems you, to me, oh, sorry, go ahead. So, no, so break this down for me because I like, mm. I like to always ask questions for somebody that's like a super, super, super fan. Yeah. So typically at this leg of the race, is there a D-turn or a U-turn? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So oh. with some exception, there's usually a detour and a roadblock on every leg of the race. On our first episode, there was no roadblock because we had that task of having to pick partners and that took up a bunch of the time. But usually there's a detour and a roadblock. On our final episode, I guess it was like a city sprint. There were no detours. There were no roadblocks. We had to do everything together um, in one fashion or another. But to me, it seemed a little bit like the Amazing Race sort of had to scrap all of the tasks, and they just decided to do, like, a local scavenger hunt um, in Manila. Like, absent the last task, which, by the way, was fantastic with the music and whatever. Um, yes. That last task, it, it was really good. It could have been a little better, and we'll talk about why I think it could have been a little better when we get there. But everything else sort of seemed a little bit, I don't know, watered down, like feed a horse, run in heels for 500 <laughs> It just didn't seem... Second, penultimate legs are historically difficult. Like they are, they're hard and things have a tendency to take a very long time. And, and I didn't seem, this was cool because the leads kept changing and you, everyone yes. knew where everyone else was. And I liked that. And the more I thought about it, the more I liked that. But I'm watching these tasks and we're sitting there and we're watching. I'm going to, am I being cranky or is this just doesn't look hard to me? I don't, so, I don't and know. It's, I, and mind you, because child, you know, listen, you a winner. 
okay? And I'm a third boot. So I think that I, our paradoxes are so interesting because for me, I'm like, I'm loving everything about all of these challenges because I love a scavenger hunt. And so I, I love- I do too. I, I do too. So I thought this was like really appropriate for this leg of where they're at. And maybe because- this season had a mega, mega leg. And so maybe they just took all the D-turns and U-turns there. But I... That's fine. That's true. I know. I'm just a little... Bu- I'm, I, I I, love scavenger hunts, too. I love the one I made for my brother for his 12th birthday. And I feel like that was about as hard as most of the things were uh-huh. on this leg of the race, which is fine. And I actually had a call with my friend Jordan, and he won season 16. And we have, like, very similar skill sets. So we were both like, mm, okay. But he loved the episode. He loves the dynamics. He loves the teams. And it's interesting because you'll ask two different people and one will think the leg was very, very hard because they're not musical and they're not artsy. And the other will think a leg is super easy. And someone who thinks this stuff is is hard may think that all of the running and the super strength t- tasks and whatnot are very easy. And I think those are very difficult. So it all depends on, you know, the person. So each leg right. can be difficult or easy for, for someone. But let's jump in. To the recap of the second to last leg, which, you know, singles here, because that means next week is the last one. I know. Oh, I know. Okay, so anyway, they go to Manila, which is apparently the texting capital of the world. Who knew? I didn't. Maybe you did. I I didn't know that either. I didn't have a phone when I was there. That's true. No phones for anybody on the race. So the pit start is not really a pit start. Because they start in Cambodia, the flight to Manila doesn't count, the ride to Lapu-Lapu Square doesn't count, because they're all meeting Phil, which is something that really never happens. Occasionally, you'll see Phil on the race course, and he'll be talking to the camera, or he'll say, you got like you guys are currently in first place, like as, as he's doing a little shtick for the camera. But this is new. You never see Phil start a with a little toy gun scavenger hunt around a single <laughs> city, whatever. And I thought that was kind of cool. So we have, like, yeah. hey, Phil. I know that's cool. You have Will and James who just want D'Angelo and Gary out. That's their goal. But they also want to take care of Will and James. Hung and she want to be good role models for their kids. D'Angelo and Gary are used to winning and won't be satisfied otherwise. And now I'm convinced I'm going to win a quarter because foreshadowing. And that's what the race does. So they go to downtown Manila, the most densely populated city center in the entire world, which you can see from the traffic. And they start this city sprint, which they claim is a new thing. But there have been lights without detours and roadblocks before. But it's a gimmick, and I like it, and I like the idea of of that. I don't yes. love the task that they had to I do. I love Spicy Brookie. I like the fact that you're not that happy about this episode. I kind of am, like, relishing in that a little bit. But I got I to the it. last task, and I was thrilled. The last task was hard. I was into it. But they could have made a tweak that would have made me ecstatic. They didn't. So... Anyway, Phil strongly suggests that the teams don't help each other because I think even production is getting annoyed with the fact that they're all aligned together and they have to solve these riddles and do this, you know, high school scavenger hunt. And so Phil shoots off the gun and they go, Bryce, unless they were told otherwise, the first thing I would have done when Phil said, your pit stop is right back here with me, drop my backpack. Why am I running around the city with my backpack if I know I'm coming back to this spot? So, girl, that was one of my first notes. I was like, Because well, I you're ask- good at this, Bryce. Because I was like, well, if Phil is saying this, why? I, I, I thought that same exact thing. I was like, why would I be carrying all of this around? Why wouldn't I just, like, leave it right here and have them watch it? Okay, so good. Okay. So, it's listen, possible like production a- said you can't. And it's a very populated place. Maybe people were worried about someone taking their bag. Honestly, at this point, there's in the only race, one way left. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Agreed a thousand percent. I'm so, gonna just keep running in my dirty underwear and my like my t shirt. You have like go. two days left. You'll wash your stuff in a sink and or throw a t shirt in your fanny pack. Keep your fanny pack with you with your passport and any medication you need. Drop your bag. You don't need it today. But 
fine. So anyway, they go to get into these jeepneys and they have to, you know, ride the mean streets of Manila and find this guy who was hilarious and who I think has been on the show before because I half remembered seeing him, I don't know, in the back of my memory somewhere. And he's this dancing traffic conductor who looks like he is having the time of his life and loves his job. And I wish I loved my job the way he does. So a little dangerous. I was scared for him half of the time. I was like, oh my God. And during this part, I really felt like I was kind of sort of mad at the boyfriends. I didn't feel like the boyfriends were like aggressive enough. I felt Uh like they Uh were like everyone else had their hands out of the window and they were like screaming at him like through the back of the truck. I'm like, no, you got to get you. And again, at this part, you know me, I'm in my mind, me and Wendell is on this race. And I felt like we would have got this the first round because I would have been like, ah, like I would have got that on the first go round, in my opinion. Yeah, you had to be loud and outgoing. And this is where D'Angelo is like, not. And so you have Gary yelling, (laughs) D'Angelo, come put your arm out. Come your arm. He just, he just was very blasé. And I'm thinking I can't race with him. Like, I'm so type A. I think I could race with Gary. But he was just, I feel like I would have been yelling at D'Angelo the whole time too. So Hung and she miss it. Will and James miss it. D'Angelo and Gary get it. Madison and Riley get it. And I'm honestly, Bryce, back to being like, you know, they're fine. I don't, they're, they've become very cocky. They're not my pick to win this thing. I mean, they might be my pick to actually win it, but they're not who I hope wins this thing. And I, that's. I really mean, so, I mean, I you know, I, I love my husband, uh, Madison, mm. but I, I'm fine with the final three. Uh, although in my heart, I want either the boyfriends are hung and she, mm-hmm. uh, really hung and she, and mm-hmm. then the boyfriends. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I am a little nervous, but yeah. So I mean, but rightfully so, and I really feel like sometimes, um, and this is what I'm learning in life is that sometimes, not necessarily cocky, but sometimes if you're doing good, you should celebrate your success. So I ain't really mad at the boy. I'm about to say the boyfriends because one of them about to be my boyfriend. But I ain't mad at uh, the 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 beer brothers for being so 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 cocky. I okay. So I get what you're saying. Yes, celebrate yourself, celebrate your success. But they also do something later that really rubs me the wrong way, and they've done it once before. And so we'll talk about it later. But remind me. So anyway, they all get their clues eventually. Um, then they go to the second, you know, stop on the YMCA scavenger hunt tour and they have to run around a little bit in high heels, which by the way, not high heels, but okay. They I were, guess they, if they, you're a dude and you've never done it before, it, it's different. They were chunky, uh, chunky platforms. But wait, I was dying at Phil uh, explaining the race in the high heels running. I was screaming seeing Phil run around in the race. I was dying. He's fantastic. Race. He actually does I mean, if not all, almost every challenge. He does a lot of them and does a lot of taping with them and whatnot. He's very adventurous and does a lot of the stuff, which I think is super, super cool. He's not one of those people who just watches and like chastises you and because you can't do something because he's also mm. tried it. He's big into trying all the stuff. And I like that he ran in the heels. He's, you know, not above looking a little silly, which is cool. Yeah. So um, Madison and Riley get there. Riley starts talking about his fragile ankles and I think maybe he's going to fall. Um, D'Angelo's complaining the entire time. And honestly, we can obviously tell that he's rubbed me the wrong way this episode, but (laughs) you don't say, yeah, well it happens. Will and James hilarious. Will goes, I own stilettos. Like these aren't even high. I got this. And they just nailed it, which I love. And then she is adorable and says, well, he's never run in high heels. He walks in them sometimes. And so I just, they warm my heart. They really do. They're mom and dad. Okay. They're fantastic. (laughs) So everyone looks a little silly, but nobody does badly the lead changes a little bit here and there and then we get to the third clue um search for lions in the street Uh, of like the uh, oldest chinatown in the world and this is where i start worrying for mom and dad for hung and she because oh dear okay so fine so d'angelo and gary gary keeps telling d'angelo to hurry up he's going too slowly and if they're editing d'angelo to make him you know 
me not like him, it's it's working. But they're in first place. Then you have Will and James who were in fourth, then moved to third, and who are now in second because they find the right lion. Madison and Riley, I just wrote, I don't care about them anymore. They're in third. And Hung and Chi are so funny. They get so lost, but little Hung thinks they're looking for lion statues. I know. And she's miming lion she movements got on to anyone. Oh, and was like, and starts roaring. Oh my God, hilarious. She is so fantastic. And I start thinking there better be something hard that comes up because I don't want them going home. Like this, I would be upset if they're not in the final leg. Just her mannerisms, her little one-liners, her, you know, miming of the lions. Hilarious. So they finally find where they're going. And then everyone has to go to the central post office and look for horses. I mean, okay. Feed the horse. Get your clothes. I felt I like mean, you would have liked on. this. I felt like you would have been like talking to the horse. Petting of the course horse I would. I love, you know me, I'm a huge animal lover. I love the, the animal fact of it. But like, it was like a time of find some stuff, feed a horse, get your clothes. I just yeah. didn't, see, I wanted it to be harder. So, that I will agree. Because I I don't know why I thought of like the garden challenge when they had to create a floating garden. Yes. I'm like, now that was hard and time consuming. Or when they had to put the watermelons together. I did think yes. this was a little easy. But if I was on a race with Wendell, I'd have been happy at this because I'd have been feet. Well, I wouldn't have really been touching a horse because I'm allergic. Okay, then oh. I would need, need to take my inhaler. But I, in my mind, I like to just challenge for myself because I'm like, okay, this is something I definitely can do. I know. I would have been petting the horse and Scott would have been like, come, let's get And I would have been like, but the horse is so cute. So they have to find the horse stuff. They do. D'Angelo and Gary fall to third place because they walk right by what they need. Will and James have now jumped from fourth to third to second to first because they start, and I quote, thinking like a horse, which is just adorable. (laughs) Madison and Riley, does anyone else care at this point? Leave in second. And Hung and Chi put their heads down and they're closing the gap, even though they're still in last, they're coming back. And I will say, maybe I thought the beginning was easy because I didn't know what was coming next. And so I was just like a little disheartened. And then, oh. and then, oh, there, I'm thinking something challenging has to come up and it does. They have to go to this uh, Meehan Garden for a rock show and they have to listen to this band play a medley of songs that you heard on the race. It's four songs. Then they have to take music cases with flags on them and put the flags in the order from when you heard them on the race, which yeah. nobody read that part of the clue, which doesn't make sense because this band was playing in loop. So who's to say what was the first song, the second, the third, and the fourth? So I just, it's the second to last leg at this point. Just take 10 seconds and read your clue just an extra time. I don't understand how people aren't reading clues on leg 11, but but okay, be that as it may. I finally got happy. This was a good task. Whoever thought of this task should get a raise. It had like many different components. Like you had to have an ear for what happened. You had to remember all the legs. You had to know the flags. I liked this task. This one was like, I was thinking like, oh, okay, this is something Brooke would get on Mm -hmm. my ass about. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, now it's like, you know... just makes me want to go back and rewatch all the seasons and all the episodes and just listen to the music to see mm-hmm. if I pay attention. But what I will say is I did go back and watch like the fourth episode. Mm-hmm. And when they do play the music, it is very, um, they, they, uh, what's the word I want to say? They make it a point that like you hear music. So it's like, I was like, Oh, okay. I do like this. So was that, that Paraguay? I mean, uh, Which one? Where the, were they playing the music in the fourth episode? I girl, I don't know what the episode oh, was. Right. It was the, uh, it was the episode when they had to make the cellos and the thing. Oh, that's what it was. Because I remember the France one, I think, was from the museum. The circus one was really straightforward. And the um, Daylight Come and We Want to Go Home one was really straightforward. Because that was a roadblock. They, you heard that song 6,000 times. Right. But yes, the cellos. Very smart. Um, so, which is interesting because if you're making the cello... You don't necessarily hear the music, but for the one time that they're playing your correct cello. So right. that's a little bit difficult. 
I get it. Um, Will and James get there first. D'Angelo and Gary get there and want to work with Will and James, to which Will says, no, absolutely not. Madison and Riley get there, and Hung and Chi are last. But I'm thinking, they know their flags. For some reason, I don't know why, I just think they're very smart. They pay a lot of attention. Chi seems to just pull stuff out of thin air, and I think they're going to come from behind. So absent the fact that nobody reads the clue carefully. Um, (laughs) So not only are they not getting all the flags right, but they're getting the order completely wrong. They're there, I guess, for an hour and a half, maybe, all getting it wrong. And then Will and James Madison and Riley and Hung and Chi decide to work together because no one's getting it. And D'Angelo and Gary realize everyone is working together and they get mad. Like, Mm -mm -mm. real mad. I was living for that. I was living for them getting mad because it's just like, you know, you take, 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 and you never give. So why do you think people still want to I disagree. I think Gary gives. Gary was helpful. I think, I I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But I don't think they took as much as people said they took. That being said... I'm not Team D'Angelo, so it's fine. How does it feel? Not good. So <laughs> Anyway, the judge at this challenge is hilarious. I think he just looked up synonyms for, like, no, where he's like, do better, not happening. It's a no <laughs> for me. Like, it was just, he was having a good time just saying no, and he had to say no, like, no less than 100 times. And the worst part is D'Angelo and Gary were very, very close to getting they it were. very early on. They only had one flag wrong. Like, if they hadn't given up, they may actually have not needed to work with people. But the mind three do this thing where they write down every possible permutation because they know Columbia, they know Trinidad. And so they write down all of the options and the three teams keep taking shots with different flags in the other two spots. And they get through all of them and they're told no. And I'm finding a little bit of joy in this because they're still not (laughs) reading their clue and realizing they just have the order wrong. So Will and James go back and read the clue. Hung and she go back and read the clue. And they share that information with each other. I wish they hadn't shared it with the beards. Honestly, like, you're at the end, man. But they tell Madison and Riley, and this is where Bryce... Bryce... Madison and Riley get it first, only because Hung and Chi and Will and James told them the secret. And then they run off and they take first place. And it's kind of a it's kind of a dick move. Like it's not it's not okay. I think they shouldn't have told Madison and Riley until the other two teams got it. And yes, I understand it doesn't matter if you're first or second or third as long as you make it to the end. But I just kind of feel like there was something a little bit smarmy about taking the answer and running and not either. I'm not a proponent of waiting for people, but at this point, you know the three of you are going to be the three. Go together. And I just, because there could have been a prize. Why was that Madison and Riley's prize to get? There wasn't, and there's not usually a prize. I agree. However, this is amazing race, not amazing friends, not amazing get together, not amazing let's celebrate together, not, you know, so, and that aspect of it, I somewhat admire uh, the Beer Brothers because I, in my mind I'm like you know what I a lot of aspects in my life you child you know I always go deep with something I can be more I, I sometimes need to be more selfish and like or just putting myself first and so with that I kind of was like I'm mad at that like you know and they already were warned not to help each other mm-hmm. and this is, is something to help but however they all have been so bonded together that I wasn't mad that they took off and ran. I, listen, I, listen. Maybe I might be more mad at Will and James and Hung and G for telling them before getting yes, right. They, Maybe they that's should have. They should have, they should have been, again, this isn't amazing friends. This is right. amazing race. And so I feel like that is their downfall in the sense. However, I do feel like foreshadowing, I don't feel like the Beer Brothers are going to win. I feel like it's going to be Hung and G uh, or the, the boyfriends. But I mean, I don't really know. But 
Whoever out of the three, I'm happy because I've liked, well, actually, I didn't really like the Beer Brothers in the beginning. So, actually, I guess I'll be more happy if it's Hunger Chi or the Boyfriends is really mm-hmm. who I want. But mm-hmm. I won't be mad if it's my boyfriends. That's not, fair. That's Not fair. the boyfriends, but my boyfriends. Yeah, I know I what you're saying. Know the difference. Yeah. But <laughs> let's, let's get to this ending, girl. Yes. Okay. So, Will and James get their second. James starts crying. What else is new? And I love it because ah! this moment, I mean, this, Bryce, this moment you know, people say what was the best moment, obviously crossing the finish line and the moment where Phil raises his arm at the big, he does a couple of things that are Phil every season where he'll say the world is waiting, travel safe. My, you know, I told you my soul flew out of my body and I just had this out of body experience. This moment when he tells you you're one of the teams racing in the final leg for a million dollars. I, I mean, screamed, but also just tears. Like you wait for Like this is the moment you wait for where you're like, yes, I actually have a chance. I'm running the final leg. This is dream come true stuff. So I'm, I'm with James. Like that's where I want James to win because you know, Will and James. I would, I wouldn't know that feeling, but I mean, it sounds nice, but it, sound, it, sound, it sounds marvelous. It sounds nice. Okay. It is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And then Hung and she get there and Hung screams like a banshee. And I love her. She was so into it. I like that all three teams that are in the finals, or at least two of them, seem to be really genuine fans of the race and love the experience. Yes. And I think the third one loves the competition, but I don't know. I don't get the same the same feeling from it. And I, that, I, I, yeah. I can concur with that. I feel like that's an accurate statement. I can concur with that. Thank you. I've been then, approved. And then... then, then, mm, then Tell, tell me what happened, girl. Tell me how you... Hold on. Don't tell me how does it feel. Tell mm-hmm. me how do you feel. Angry is like the least offensive word I can use because the offensity of what happened here was just... That's not a word, which is just ridiculous. So D'Angelo and Gary, first, when they realized they're last, they did something that made me want to vomit. They took a penalty and they just didn't even bother trying to finish the task, which is sort of crappy. Like... Something could get lost. Something could go wrong. Like, I know right. the square wasn't far from where they were, but don't give up. Like They could take a note from uh, Haley and Kaylee's book, yes. okay? And then, I mean, with me, I would always say I couldn't do something. I didn't know I was saying it. I never realized it. I never shut up, obviously. But I said I couldn't do things all the time, but I never once quit. Like, I would joke around that if you watch me on mute, I'm a very competent racer because I, I never stopped doing the things. I just say I can't do them while I'm doing them. But never quit. Like, I, but, okay, fine. They quit. They take a two-hour nap. And then they go to the pit stop. And what's worse than quitting is, ugh, how does it feel, interview at the end where Phil, you know, even, what were their names? What were their names? Cody and, oh, my God. Nathan? Nathan and Cody, the two guys who went home first. Even they carried each other off into the sunset, enjoyed the experience, loved the chance to be on the race. No, not D'Angelo. He, it sucked. He hated it. He said he would never race again. And to that, I say good, because I think the race should be reserved for people who really want to be there. And if you're going to be such a sore loser, Bryce, he said, I could have paid for this myself and gone to all these places and not had to race. And I just, I lost it. That's the part where, so that's when I agree with Twitter when they say that, like, (sighs) professional players or, like, really wealthy people should not be competing in these competitions because it's, like, to say something like that, and, again, I know it's two years old. Mm-hmm. I know that, like, and don't get me wrong. When Spicy Bricey come out, Spicy Bricey come out. So I can understand that. But, baby, humble yourself. How does it feel? Like, I was really disappointed in him on that because I'm, like, first of all, people would give their life to play this. Mm-hmm. And, like, for you to just come off, like, ugh. For me, it just really showed 
that even through adversity, you're still a sore loser. And it for me, it just shows that, like, yes, you were taking from the alliance. And this is what happens in life when you take, take, take and don't really give your equal share. So, listen, how does it feel? Feels like a loser. Who is there? And I felt for Gary. Like, Gary was trying to give him an out, being like, he doesn't mean that. He, you know, looked back on this fondly. And D'Angelo just doubles down. He's like, nope, no, I won't. Mm-mm. <laughs> And the worst part is he never complained about the alliance when he was in it. Right. That's the part that bothered me. If you were against it from the beginning, fine. Be, you know, salty that you lost to an alliance that all worked together. But you didn't complain until you were on the outside of it. Um, Let me just say one thing, because this music test with the flags and whatnot, one thing that could have made it better. I think this wasn't during COVID times. People were allowed to be near each other. I actually think if they did this and separated the teams, Mm. either there were big barricades between them or they were in different rooms in a building with music piping in where they couldn't communicate with each other, then I think this would have been a really great task because you couldn't have done this. I mean, it would have probably taken forever. And the interesting part is someone would have probably taken a penalty. And since it was only two hours and it took a very long time to do, the interesting part would have been not knowing if if anyone else took one. Mm -hmm. That would have been very interesting to me. But, you know, they did it how they did it, and that's fine. It was a really cool task. It was a task that normally I think you would see on the last leg of a race because it combines things that happened over the course of the race. So I'm curious to see what the big memory task will be next time when they go to New Orleans, which is a really cool final city. Yeah, New Orleans, baby. New Orleans. Oh, no, that's mm-hmm. not even how you say it. I, I can't even get a New Orleans accent. New Orleans. I don't even know. Hold on. I mean, New Orleans. I, I can't do it either. You're, I have a friend from there, and she Nola. says it perfectly. Exactly. There you go. From that place where they do Mardi Gras. Um, so for next week, I, I don't know if you remember, but on the very first one of these that we did together, I mentioned that on our season, we were the third ones in the credits. And so I like to root for the third ones in the credits, but it was hung and chi. And I didn't have very high hopes for them. It was before the first episode. They were sort of my pick, not knowing anything about anyone. And I, I at the end of episode one, probably would have been surprised. But I kind of want them to take it all. And Or, you know, Will and James. I love a super fan. I am yeah. a super fan. I love a super fan. I love when super fans win. I don't like when people who, you know, either were found to do the race or are just on it because it's something to do. I, I would be I would be very satisfied with either of those two teams winning. Me as well. However, I will say that uh, the Beer Brothers track record. I, if they won, I wouldn't be mad. Their track record, like they they've scored the most number one spots this season. So I wouldn't be mad at them. That's um, true, but you only have to win one. But that that's true, child. But listen, I got voted out there, so I don't know nothing about that. But I'm excited to see what happens next week. I so know. let's just do a prediction. You got to predict. Let me get a chance to win my quarterback. Who you saying? I'm going to go ahead and just go with, I would listen, I'm going to tell you. You're going with Hung and Chi. I'm going to mm-hmm. go with the boyfriends. And so if the okay. boyfriends win... I get my quarterback. If Hung and she went child, then I got to go on a 50-month uh, <laughs> payment plan. And if the Beer Brothers win, we'll call it even. Deal. Okay. Although I All don't right. actually think Hung and she are going to win, but I well, hope. Well, girl, <laughs> have confidence in your team, girl. Fine, you just, fine. You just, Hung and she all the way. Yes, girl. You just approved what you just said about the face of race. You said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I do it. Girl, you just did on the podcast. True. That's true. Yeah. You're right. Have faith in Hung and Chi. Right. And I'm going to have faith in the boyfriends. Makes me sad that it's going to be our last recap I next week. Know. But it makes me look forward to next week because it'll mean I completed a whole season of the amazing race. And I just want to ask you before we go. <clears throat> How does 
Like we're not going to be seeing him next week. That's for sure. That was that was impressive. <laughs> All right. See you next time. All right. Bye. TTYL. <laughs> And keeping the menu rolling, I'm so excited to have my bris, that's my bro slash sis, back, back, back again. First of all, I stole that from you because you used to say that and now I always be saying it back, back. <laughs> Back again. again, bitch. <laughs> yes. We are back for a much needed purple pants premonitions. Okay, we need to figure out what is what 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 it what the rest of the year is given because baby this year has been giving. Okay. Okay. And the words of Roland Ray, I'm not the one, but I'm the two. Purr. Okay. Purr. Okay. Listen, cause you already know Miss 2020, as I like to say, the year of our Lord 2020 has been wild as hell. And you know what? I'm hanging on by a thread. Like my wig has been snatched. I ain't got no edges, sis. Like it's a done China bun. Like, but you know what? We still trucking. We still moving. We still here. Like even before we hopped on here today, the universe was trying to try us. We was like, you know what? No weapon formed against us shall prosper, honey. The trickery was real. Okay. Listen, the trickery, the goopery, like all of the above. And I feel like that's honestly like what is in the air right now. It's like learn from the past. You feel what I'm saying? Like, we are all at this moment right now. Y'all know I like to go ahead and start preaching, child. So let me go ahead and roll on in and tell you what the fuck is up. What you got to be looking out for. Basically, this is a time period where we have so many things that are happening astrologically in this month of December. You know, we had uh, the full moon eclipse that happened in Gemini, very end of November. This was November 30th. So when you're listening to this, wherever you are, you're in the midst of eclipse season. So that's why things have been really really fast lately i know for you they've been kind of crazy but you've been still hanging on right i've been trying i've been trying to keep the faith but i definitely can say that this these, these past couple of weeks have been trying some yes okay child that's an understatement and it's just like you literally cannot expect what's going to come up next and that's what i think is the biggest thing for us to keep in mind like we already know what to do we already know how to respond even if we don't know what the fuck we're doing like if we don't know what is happening like in front of us it's a moment for us to center ourselves and be like actually like i may not uh, have experienced the situation before i may not have found myself in this environment before but i have had experiences in my past that allow me to be in this space now in my best self as my best iteration and that's what this energy is calling you for throughout the rest of the month of december so we have the solar uh, eclipse coming up new moon solar eclipse in sagittarius this is going to be happening on december 14th so shout out to all my sagittarium out there as i like to say you know what i'm saying my multiple sagittarii if you uh oh. birthday in no uh what is it gonna be uh late november early december is shout out to you Um, So this is kind of like a moment where your wandering soul, you know, all of that adventure, all of that excitement, all of the newness is being asked for you to step into, but know that you are still in this like quote unquote baby form in the new form, but you still know what you're doing. You still powerful. So this season is really about like stepping into your bag, like really getting in your knapsack, as I like to say, like really feeling your beat, really feeling your oats, like whatever that means for you throughout the rest of this month, like feel them. Nobody can stop you now. You are feeling magnificent. You're feeling electric. And I want you to just like channel that throughout December. 
November. We have the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction coming up. I'm sure that everybody has probably heard of this. Um, everybody's been talking about like this age of Aquarius, quote unquote, that's like coming up. A lot of astrologers say it's not the age of Aquarius. It's kind of like the, the beginning of new ideals. So on December 21st, um, Jupiter and Saturn are going to meet in the sign of Aquarius. And basically what you're looking at this as is it's a new uh, point in time. So how are you allowing yourself to kind of like really step into this new world, this new realm when it comes to how you think about your abundance, when it comes to you thinking about how you're letting go of things, when it comes to how you prepare to step into a room and let yourself shine, like you already know what to do, but you're going to be so much more confident than you ever have been before as we get throughout the rest of this month. And then with the full moon and cancer coming up at the end of the month on December 29th, baby, all your emotions, all those things that you know that you are ready to let go of in 2020, it's time, baby girl. How are you going to let it go? How are you going to move on? How are you going to let it flow and just ride with the current? Because, you know, cancer is a water sign. So this is all kind of just like going with the flow and allowing yourself to really feel what it means to like, let the Lord lead you. Okay. And sometimes mm. we find it very, very difficult to have faith. Sometimes we find it very, very difficult to like, let go and know that we know better, but this is a time for us to know better and do better. I've been saying like all you new year, new me girls out there, okay. <laughs> like this is very much like a new year, new me, like it's setting up for you for perfection. And in the past, like you may have been saying it didn't necessarily understand why, like, you know what I'm saying? But didn't put forth the effort. Like, this is your time. This is your season. Like, as we're both having this conversation, like, you already know how hard the both of us have been working this year in a pandemic. Mm. Okay? In a global pandemic, we have still been putting the weight out here. We've been making moves. We've also been having our own little breakdowns. We've been having our own little moments where it's just like we got to recenter ourselves and get back. And I want you to be reminded, anybody that's listening to this, is it is your season. And if anybody tells you differently... You can tell them to kick rocks, okay? That's the energy that we're going into 2021 with. Tell these other people that don't pay your bills, Tell you pay them no mind, okay? You pay them dust. So, Sir. okay, listen, that's what the T is kind of like on the surface as far as the astrological transits that are coming up in 2020. Um, and I want to go ahead and get some messages from our... Uh, guardian angels just to see what they have to add to the pot because I want you guys to know like this is a moment where even if you are not a spiritual person even if you don't believe in God even if you don't have like a higher power like you still understand that there is some energy that has been protecting you there's something even if things are not perfect like you know that there's some sort of guiding light and this is an opportunity for you to really tap into that trust that awareness that faith that exists deep down inside of you and call it out like, you have to call your good fortune into play this season. You cannot allow other people to tell you what you are deserving of. You have to believe it first and bring it down from heaven. So the more that you believe that you re you can receive and you are deserving of receiving, the more it will come your way. Okay? Listen, you done got me into preach mode over here, Bryce. Listen, I'm here for it. Preach, preach Okay, listen. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to bring the ministry out. All right? But let's go ahead listen. and see. What we got coming up from our guardian angels. All right, so we have two cards that hit the floor. So let's go ahead and see what these messages are. Our first one, ah, very interesting and very timely. It's called review and contemplation. Now, based off of that, that's giving very like, girl, it's the end of the year. Sit your ass down and think about all the blessings you've cleared this year. Like, you cleared the bitch, all right? Man. You came through 
2020, Miss Mamas. So how are you taking some time to review, to contemplate what you have overcome? And this is the number 20. So it's just like being able to see yourself connected to yourself in a different way. And how have you noticed that you feel more alive than you ever have felt before? It says you've accomplished a great deal in your life and you have much to be proud of. Now it's time to decide what's next. As you contemplate the past and the present, you'll get clear on your divine life purpose. Don't be distracted by conventional thinking. Be the real you. So baby girl, baby boy, baby mama, how are you going to be the the real you? How are you going to be the divine version of you? What does that even mean? When I think about my divine version, listen, I think I have like... 32 inch weave it's mm. a straight bone like you know what i'm saying mm. like real straight like and i'm moving my hair back and forth walking down the street pumping giving life you see the light shining off of me because that's how i feel on the inside and my divine life purpose is just to continue to be of service how am i allowing myself to be of service this year how have i been of service this year but also how have i been of service to myself How am I proud of me being able to create boundaries this year? How have you created boundaries in your life? Who have you cut off because you knew you needed to cut them off because they wasn't giving you what you deserve? Can you celebrate that this year? Because listen, last year you wasn't given the same, but you're tough. You're tougher than you ever have been before. You're stronger than you ever have been before. You are stronger than yesterday. Come on now. All right now, that's what is giving. You've accomplished a lot. So give yourself a pat on the back if you haven't already. Like make some time this week, this weekend to just venerate yourself and all the things that you have done to be here in this very moment listening to our voices. The other card that comes up, be open to success. Mm. Be open to success. This is the number seven. Seven, when I see that, 777, you may see the number 77 in random places. I think of that as like God is with you. God is helping to ascend you. Your higher power is helping to ascend you. Your ancestors, your angels, you know what I'm saying? Your people, your guides. Because I want you guys to think about it like sometimes we have these guides that show up in the physical form. Who has helped guided you to success this year? And who do you know that you want to be in cahoots with as these years go ahead and pass on? It says, look at all the wonderful things you can do. When you listen to your divine guidance, you've balanced so many different priorities and have come out a winner. There will be a lot of recognition and praise headed your way, but don't be shy. Allow others to shower you with the gratitude you deserve. That's why I told your ass you arrived. Bryce, you have arrived, baby boy. You are here. Gigi in the building, boo. Like, that's what it is. And let that shine. Let people give you what you have always wanted, what you've always deserved. Especially with our sensitive asses being water signs. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'd be like, <laughs> Yes, it's so hard for me to accept that. And it's just like, you are hitting the head on the nail or the nail on the head. Like, you are speaking to my soul. Like, it's so true. And I always have such a hard time with people giving me compliments or accepting praise because it's like, I, sometimes, it's. I don't want to say I don't feel like I deserve it. But I always feel like I feel like I haven't reached my peak yet So why should I accept praise But you are right Like I need to celebrate where I am Celebrate where I've come from So I am I am receiving all 
of this. Okay. okay. Listen, you've worked very, very hard. And you also know that I know that you work very, very hard. Like, we're not just saying this just to say, like, it's a real thing. And you have to remind yourself that sometimes we don't receive that love that we are deserving of because of how we were raised and how we mm-hmm. use some of those metrics in order to dictate how we felt about ourselves. But you have cleared that shit. You have overcome those hurdles and you get to see yourself in this new likeness. So because you see yourself in this likeness, let everybody else see you in the same way too and pump your head up. Listen, I'm trying to have my head big all 2021 and be, and be humble about it. Cause that's the other thing. Like we can allow the compliments to come our way and it doesn't mean that we are being, you know, less than humble or not showing humility. Like the right people will always see you and build you up. So please receive that because those are the people that are going to make sure that you continue to thug it out in 2021 and beyond. Okay. <laughs> Yes, come on, come on, and infinity and beyond. Okay, okay? <laughs> come on, Buzz Lightyear. Okay, we out of here. We out. Listen, I'm trying to strap on my little wings. I'm trying to fly out and be the angel that the Lord created me to be, and that's why I'm... it's like I'm grateful, open. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Let me get this wig glue and like a glue down this lace front so I could fly through with your boo. Okay, okay. <laughs> listen, because you know what? When two touch and agree, we out. All right. <laughs> Come on, listen. Secure the wig and secure, and secure the, the bag. bag. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the motto for 2021. You heard it here first. Secure your wig and secure your bag, baby girl. Mm. <laughs> I am here for it. I just can't say thank you enough for your continued support and your continued blessing myself and the Purple Pants Posse. Before we go, let the people know where they can follow you at, okay, as they secure their wig and secure their bag. Okay, listen, you can find me at Gangsta Gurry on Instagram, on Twitter, Gangsta with an A, and if you know me already, because we don't do that ER what? Bust, that buster, okay? okay we, don't do that buster-ish. we don't do that buster We don't do that buster-ish over here, so you can find me gangsta with an A G U R R Y. I also have Patreon where you can subscribe. I like to talk to my Patreon subscribers because listen, we family, we go together, like Bryce likes to say. So I like to make sure we checking in, and I love to drop the tea. I love doing weekend watch out. So I actually just uh, dropped one today to help us prepare for this upcoming weekend, especially right before we prepare for this upcoming new moon in us. Uh, and listen, Purple Pants Posse, if you don't get into the weekend watch out, listen, you better be prepared, okay? Because he give you homework. It's it's a it's a whole lesson because I've participated in several okay they get your life together and I cannot wait until the next time or we'll see you in the new year okay thank you for having me so you know I love you you know I love the purple pants posse you know I'm such a fan such a friend like I'm just here for you whatever we out to the end of time child just like Beyonce said thank you so much my pleasure the following message is brought to you by Give me a B. B. Give me an A. A. Give me an R. R. Give me a B. 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 Let me hear it. B. A. R. B. Bar. 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 B. A. R. B. Bar. 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 Hi, this is Miss Barb, and today I'm going to read a letter to you, the you that's had a rough week. That you that seems to be under constant storm clouds. The you that feels invisible. That you that doesn't know how much longer you can hold on. The you that has lost faith. The you that always blames yourself for everything that goes wrong. To you, you are incredible. 
You make this world a little bit more wonderful. You have so much potential and so many things left to do. You have time. Better things are coming your way. So please, hang in there. You can do it. Love you. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week. I need to shout out one of our Purple Pants Posse members. Shout out to Jonathan Rose on Thursday night. He slid into my DMs and sent me this article. And after reading the article, I said, oh, yeah, this is definitely Freak of the Week worthy. So this week's Freak of the Week is none other than the Big Brother star, Zach Rance from season 16, okay? The Big Brother alum came out as bisexual earlier this week when he was doing a conversation about mental health, okay? During his online conversation, Zach opened up about his sexuality and spilled the tea that he had hooked up with his season 16 co-star, Frankie Grande. You know, Ariana Grande's brother. He said that they hooked up when the show wrapped in 2014. Zach went on to say, I've been straight my entire life. I've only liked women, but on Big Brother, Frankie and I got super close. I fell in love with who he was as a person. Baby, what have I been saying oh, this whole time I've had a podcast? That love is love, and we like to put ourselves into these boxes gay straight like like it is no box okay love is love sometimes you fall in love with something someone that you maybe would have not expected and i am just so proud of zach for being comfortable enough in his own sexuality to come out and tell his story that i fell in love with a guy and you know all my life i liked women but hey you know i guess i'm bisexual That takes a strong man, and that definitely takes a freak of the week, baby. So this is a really big freak of the week for me, guys. So I need for you guys to go to Zach Rance's Instagram and just light up his comments, okay? Freak of the week, Purple Pants Posse, okay? And let him know if he's ready to find love, you know? I'm available. It's like, no, but this is so amazing, and I love to see people shine their light, speak their truth. It's amazing. But if we are crowning Zach Rancy this week as Freak of the Week, it means we've come to an end of another amazing episode. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to my podcast. I'm available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever it is that you download your podcast from. You know, my Uncle Pookie is streaming them out the back of his trunk. Make sure you subscribe. Write a review. Give your baby boy some five stars. Share this on your social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is. And tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to make sure they secure their wig. Because it's a, it's a, it's a. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. The Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to unwind? You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast.
she trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the purple pants. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the purple pants.